Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Friday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is October 22nd. Andy, how we doing? October 22nd. I feel like I'm, uh, I'm, I'm in Back to the Future here. Let me tell you, October 22nd, 2021 is my 10-year anniversary. And if we were actually recording this on that day, I'd be in, a lot, I'd be in some real deep shit. So just to let you know, behind the peak behind the curtain... This is uh, Wednesday morning again, similar to last week. We are we are recording early. Whatever's happened in the Zozo has not happened as of this moment. Same with the LPGA. Same with the Champions Tour Schwab Cup, which you know doesn't start till Friday. Anyways, it's the playoffs. They start on a Friday. That, whatever. That sound, it doesn't sound like a playoffs to me. Fifty four holes, but nothing's happened. We're recording early. We have another Friday guest. A little bit of a Q four trend here. We're trying to get some guests that go in different directions, and we are joined by Justin Ray of. The head of content, 21st group, you know, the stats whiz. He's your favorite Twitter follower. He's your essential Twitter follower. Uh, we go in a bunch of different directions. Andy, what do you have to add? Anything? I got one thing to add. You're a smart man leaving your 10-year anniversary junior wide open. I'm the junior. <laughs> That's true. You know, it's smart. It's really smart. You could celebrate the junior of your 10, 10 year anniversary with your wife, just like you'd celebrate Thursday or Friday junior. It just happens to fall on the same days. Uh, that's just wonderful timing. Just like when we record on the first of the month, I think the 10th year is going to be your best year because you get to celebrate the 10 year anniversary yeah. junior rehearsal dinner 10 year anniversary rehearsal dinner junior this is when we're recording i guess is yes as, yes now that we're discussing time has no meaning so all right let's uh all right let's kick it to justin he gave us plenty of his time and went in a bunch of kind of insightful directions really appreciate it follow him at justin ray golf on twitter we now welcome in Justin Ray. He is the head of content for the 21st group, among many other things. He contributes to the Action Network, I believe. He contributes to PGATour.com. He is a, uh, a the Twitter. Athletic. The Athletic. He's, he's a, I knew I wasn't going to remember everything. I would say first and foremost, he's an essential Twitter follow for any golf fan, casual or hardcore or otherwise, I think like there's a lot of nonsense. There's a lot of floating ephemera floating out there on Twitter. I think you know Justin's actually brings value, brings insight, brings meaning. Their tweets, like if you pay for tweets, his might be one of them. So uh, we welcome in Justin Ray. Thank you for joining our our silly, stupid little endeavor here. Thanks for having me, guys. I've, uh, you guys were. One of my primary accompaniments during the uh, the height of the pandemic. You're you're my soundtrack to my endless time on the treadmill. Um, I'm a big fan of your podcast, and I'm happy to be with you guys today. Thank you so much. Thank you Thank so you, much. We're, we're doing. And by the way, I often forget all the different things that I write for. So don't was, worry about. I was going to say. I don't think you. Yeah, I think you yourself might. Uh, Andy, go ahead. What are you going to say? Yeah, I would. I would have trouble keeping track of everything. I mean, you're just the. You're like you're the head of content. You're you're a content king. So you're just a content yeah. machine. I sometimes find myself. I thought that was Bryson. Well, he is. A, I was well, just revisiting subject. his quarantine video right before we started recording this, and it was it was a delightful trip down memory lane. Um, and uh, you know, of all the bad things that happened at that period of uh, of our existence on human on Earth, uh, that was definitely a bright spot of those months. Was that Bryson video? But yeah, you. I I wonder how you do this. How do you? What does it look like? You're watching golf, and then do you have like the stat machine open? Are you just a, an Excel wizard? Do you do you think you you know on a proficiency level of uh, of Excel? I one time I interviewed somewhere, and they said, "How proficient are you in Excel?" And it's like, I uh, on a one to ten basis, is it a ten for you? 
it's a 10 with the stuff I need to do. I will admittedly say, like, I've never taken a course on it or anything. I've just kind of taught myself. And, like, I'll use terms like, like, I've, I've built my own databases. But I use that term very loosely because, really, it's just me... It's just me with a big Excel file. So it's, look, I'd, I'd love to tell you that it's some super sophisticated system, but to me, it's 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 kind of just, you know, the, the world I live in. But like, I'll give you an example. Like while, while I'm watching golf, let's say I'm uh, one of our, our clients we work with every week is, is Sky Sports. Um, you know, I'm basically de facto, I'll be their research department during live tournaments. I'll have the golf on. Um, I'll have a couple of different things open and, you know, I'll have the shot link scoring computer open and you just kind of react to things you see in real time, right? So um, if Rory, uh, let's say it's on Sunday and Rory's taking the lead over Ricky Fowler, hey, this might be Rory's 20th win. So let's think about some things that might be interesting, not just he's going to reach his reach his 20th victory, but the last guys to get to 20, that round number, and how old they were, and how many starts it took. And you know, then you can come up with, all right, so Rory's one of six or seven guys to have 20 wins and four majors before turning 33. And then you come up with, you just kind of, it's kind of like a meandering river of, of offshoots of ideas that you can kind of come up with. And um, it's just a way to watch sports that I've kind of developed over time. Started in the ESPN research department, um, right out of, excuse me, right out of college, uh, 2008, um, working on all sports. And, you know, it's just kind of a way to, to watch the game, see it unfold, and then I love to dig in and, and find and find interesting things. I always have. I remember I haven't had to do a resume in a good many years, but you'd like you'd like kind of just throw at the bottom like proficient in Word, can type in Microsoft Word and Excel. <laughs> that was like a thing like for the two thousands. I don't know what I haven't done one in a long long time, but I, that can't still be a thing. Like I can open Excel and put a number into it. Like I don't know. I heard a great story about Bill Belichick who's joining Burning Tree. Or I think it was. I think this was Bernie. I don't remember. They had to have a resume. Like you need a resume. And he was like, uh, "I haven't done a resume in like thirty years." What do you mean a resume? Like there was a hangup because he had to get a resume into the club to get in. It's like I'm the same way. The Excel. I think I could put it on there, but like, like Andy you're said, what does that mean exactly? Proficient in Excel that you've opened it or that you're Justin Ray at Excel? I, I think yeah. there's a big uh, birth there. Why? Uh, you just go to the bottom. PowerPoint, Word, <laughs> Excel. You know of them, and you could probably tinker around <laughs> and figure it out. I mean, and honestly, that's kind of, I just kind of started, that was me with, with Microsoft Excel was just, it was a way to store information. Now, admittedly, like, I was the kid in Little League who kept his own stats on his dad's computer in Microsoft right. Excel. So I've kind there of always go. been wired this way from a from a numbers and stats standpoint and um, always been just a ridiculous sports nut, not just golf, but um baseball football basketball um you know just uh, just absolutely obsessed uh, since i was a little kid so um but yeah that was me at like age 10 coming <laughs> home after you know giving up two runs in five innings punching it into my dad's excel uh, <laughs> on, his, on his computer That's you know before we depart resumes something that i've always <laughs> wanted uh to do i hope i probably will never hopefully never have to do a resume again but i've always wanted to list under clubs and association uh, associations costco member like i think that's (laughs) just like a wonderful thing to put on a resume because then people will know that you're you know you're good with money you're you're smart you're you're looking for deals you're not you know liberal and it's just an exclusive club or like sam's club I'm a Sam's Club. You're, you're good. You're good at planning long term too. <laughs> exactly. You know. Exactly. Like you can I, run out. I, I'm not going to need. I'm not going to need these 96 AA batteries in the next week. Like this is a this is a long term plan. Office so. needs paper plates, solo cups. So you got Andy there with his membership to get out there. You know that, that's helpful. That's a good idea, Andy. I like that. God, I hope I never have to do a resume again. Um, <laughs> All right, let's get to it. We wanted to have you on to talk about, honestly, what we've just watched over the last 12 months, maybe some forward-looking stuff. We, we've started to do some more guests and, and, and focus on sort of, topics. I don't know, narrow topics. Yeah, just topics. <laughs> but but uh, let's talk a little bit about what just happened in 2021. It's, of course, not over. There's McGladry Classics to win. There's Mayakoba OHL things to win. There's also There's a few things outstanding. But we want to talk Maybe about a the- Disney Funai, you know, <laughs> against Sir Mare in the wings. 
That's pretty hey, good. Hey, I think we should uh, pivot. I think we should pivot the topic. Let's not talk golf stats with Justin. I think it's resumes now. We're on to resumes. Resumes. Resume construction. All right. Very good. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's start with this. This is a very basic, uh, I don't know, basic, but simple. Which players made significant, and you can define significant however you want, significant leaps in 2021? Or you could so say the super you, season, whatever, however you want to define that. But 2021. Uh, I've got I've got three guys who you probably would know and would expect to hear about, and then three uh, three that I maybe would be a little bit a little bit under the radar. Full disclosure: I've done bespoke research here for my appearance on the Prestigious Shotgun Start podcast. So <laughs> we, um, we appreciate the effort, <laughs> the effort that is more than than the two co-hosts made. I it's, I'm such a dork. I enjoy doing it, so don't don't be too flattered by it. It was a fun exercise for me. So, um, so three guys who you probably do expect. Uh, the first one I'll start off with. Um, Cameron Smith obviously had the best season of his career, and the numbers totally panned out. Um, was fourth in birdie average, thirteenth in scoring average in the 2020 2021 season. The previous season he was 72nd and 74th in those two statistics. I know that he had flashed some good finishes and had wins going before. Uh, before this most recently concluded season, but his consistency just kind of went up just at a, at a pace that he never had before. Um, he went up 80 spots in strokes gained T to green. Um, his, his strokes gained total differential in terms of how much he improved from last season was the 10th most of any player on tour. So just speaks to the consistency that Cam Smith had um, really turning a corner in his career and just a big season. Uh, another guy who's kind of like an obvious big improver would be Jordan Spieth. I mean, obviously, he got back in the winner's circle, uh, finished second in the FedEx Cup, a.k.a. the official world golf ranking. Um, he <laughs> improved in every strokes game category across the board. Off the tee, approach, around the green, putting. Went up nearly 70 spots in scoring average. I mean, it's this is basically just explaining what we saw just as yeah, golf fans, right? You sure. don't need a bunch of numbers to break down. Like, oh, by, oh yeah, Jordan Spieth had a much better season. Like, we know that. Um, but I just felt like he was definitely worth mentioning. And then another guy who was probably the most impressive kind of corner turner of anybody in the last PGA Tour season was Sam Burns. Um, went up 80 spots in strokes gain tee to green. He was ninth in strokes gain putting, which I think, you know, because huh. he hits it so far and he's such an impressive ball striker, you know, I know he's, he's got the uh, kind of hipster nickname Bermuda Burns a little bit. Maybe that's more fantasy golf yeah. and betting circles. I, I hadn't made it into my sphere, but yeah. Okay, hey, Bermuda new. Burns. Yeah, but he's, he's, he's an elite putter. Ninth on tour in strokes gained putting. Went up 50 spots in birdie average. Top 30 in scoring. For most of the year, I, I don't know if Cantley overtook him at the end, but he led more rounds than anybody on the PGA Tour sure. for the majority of the season. Um just well, his jumping strokes gain cheating. Seems yeah, like there yeah. might be an asterisk uh with Cantley with the last four rounds. This is true. I didn't want to get into those <laughs> those you know. Uh this is where the, the shadow leaderboard might be beneficial for that stat, right? That's true. Yeah. That's the way the, the tour records it, you know. The Can't shadow lay. leaderboard's helping people out. Can't so. run it up the score um, on rounds led at the end of the year there. That's, that's, yeah. That's the all important did. statistic that only I have dug up well, and shared with Here it is. Well, Impact you just gave in the mid October podcast. Gave, yeah, you just gave me more ammo. More ammo for my uh my case here. The rounds led. Rounds led. Never we're gonna historically look back on these players and we're gonna say Cantley led the most rounds when he didn't when Sam Burns did. It's an important caveat to make about Burns. If there was, if I had to pick one guy who's most likely to be the, a first time Ryder Cupper in 23 for the Americans, I'm taking him. I'm taking, I want all the stock in Sam Burns. I think he's unbelievably talented. And, you know, I think that he's a guy who in the coming years will contend in major championships and win a lot. And I know I'm not really going out on a big limb by saying that, but um, big, big, really high on him and his statistical profile fits fits somebody who's going to continue to improve and um the underlying numbers suggest even more success um you know in 2022 so, so I, those are the three guys go I ahead got a I, you know while we're on burns i um you know one of uh, one of the rare calls that i made was that i said that he was going to be the breakout player this year at the beginning of last year and one of the things that i looked at was you know and i'm, I'm curious on what you see if you see bigger trends with with these things if you look at it 
you know, in in a in a bigger picture of players that have improved. What I saw was he was really long, but his strokes gained off the tee number wasn't great. And to me, that signaled like if he just drives it a little bit straighter or a little better, he's going to make a huge leap in how many you know strokes he's gaining, and he's already got these other elite skills, and he's got elite distance, but he's not capitalizing on elite distance. Is that a common thing? Is it is it where, you know, I I don't know how deep you've looked into this, but I'm just curious if that's a common trait where somebody that's long just gets a little bit straighter and that's their breakout. It can be. I think oftentimes with young players, especially somebody who's as you know explosive as Sam Burns is, it's really limiting the really horrible misses, right? Mm-hmm. So just fewer times during a tournament where he's got that tee shot that is basically worth like negative one strokes gained off the tee, limiting those really bad, you know, outliers in terms of, and just being a little bit more consistent that can, that can add up big time because, you know, it, it fits right with a young player, right? They, they might make a ton of birdies, but they also have a penchant for the big number. You know, it's, it's something that's, you know, kind of classically ingrained into, into young players, but yeah, no, I think there's a lot of validity to that. If you, if you've got that underlying distance talent, you know, that, that length off the tee, um, that's not necessarily something you can easily go up and down with, um, just straightening it out a little bit and executing a little bit better, um, can, can reap big rewards for sure. That's interesting. You know, when you think about it, you could uh, almost look at players who gain lots of shots on in on shots, right? but also have like a high variance. They might lose a lot of shots and know, hey, by just cleaning up the big mistakes, this guy, because he hits a lot of elite shots, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. The two guys that pop into my mind immediately, just knowing their kind of statistical profiles, basically the first 10 years of Ricky Fowler's career embody that, where he would just always have this, this penchant for double and triples and big in big moments where, you know, you make a ton of birdies and obviously the talent is there, but um, just the big number was something that he couldn't avoid. And then the last first couple of years of Cameron champs career, you know, he's, he's a guy who makes a ton of birdies is near the, the top of uh, the PGA tour and, and par breaker percentage um, the first couple of years of his career. But he also had, you know, he would, he would have a couple of blow up holes and it would really impact his score. So um, like I said, it's something that's a little bit more common with younger guys, um, and in something to work on, and maybe it's a, a, it speaks to like understanding their games and the course and and the approach they should take strategically a little bit more. But um, yeah, to your original point, I think that if you're if you've got that underlying distance and you're able to to sharpen your focus and um, have fewer big catastrophic misses, it can really uh, pay huge dividends for you scoring wise. Have Have you ever looked into like uh, the improvement? Uh, players have once they've seen all the courses like once is how is that a big advantage that's interesting no i have honestly i haven't really done that i mean i think that i'm i'm more just kind of colloquially um i think that you know after you've got a season under your belt you know there's a lot that you can gain from that i'm thinking like (laughs) a comparison to another sport like you think about like the like a hot prospect pitcher that comes up from AAA, and before the league has seen him, you know it can yeah. he can have a little bit more success. You get the book on him, and you know there's there's uh, there's a little more likelihood that he's going to get knocked around a little bit. It's kind of like the inverse, mm-hmm. right? For for golf, like once you've once you're able to you know experience some of these golf courses um, the first time around, you know maybe you've got some some good feelings to draw back on and. Um, you know, some, some course knowledge to help out, but no, I don't have any specific, I didn't, I haven't dug in on that. That's an interesting topic. I should do that. Yeah. It was just, just made me think about that when you said, cause then that would be another thing that pointed to Burns is it's just like another year where you got to see stuff and you're going to make less mis- stupid mistakes. The more you play a course, you're like, Oh, I can't hit that ball over there. That's dead. It might not look like it's dead, but it's dead, you know? And look, guys have more information going into tournaments than ever before. I mean, yeah. you know, they're, they're my company. We generate for for all kinds of players on both the PGA and European tours. You know, course guides that can kind of. I don't know how. I can't speak to how much research they actually do. Like some some more than others, obviously. But um, you know, they've got more information than ever before. So that gap is probably shrinking a little bit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's always something to be said for for getting 
real world tournament reps on a golf course and, and the gains you can have the next time you come back and play that's that uh that track so sam burns and, is the new kevin kisner with bermuda i mean he could be i mean his numbers on bermuda greens early on in his career and you know he's from you know went to lsu so he's played a lot uh on those types of grasses in that part of the country um he he's stellar on it and he's you know, I did a piece for PGATour.com earlier in the season. I haven't updated the numbers since, but he was far and away the best putter on Bermuda Greens uh, for about the 18-month 18 18-month period leading into last spring. So I'd have to go back and check and see if he's still near the top. But, um, yeah, he's been stellar on uh, Bermuda Greens young early on in his career. Hey, one thing you just said is like – So how about – Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, if you've got another question, the biggest sleeps, guys, who you might not expect. Yeah, okay. I'd love to get to those. Do it. <laughs> okay all right so guys you might not expect now this guy week in week out on the pga tour i don't think his consistency was appreciated he had a lot of big moments in major championships in huge tournaments and didn't win any of them louis oosthuizen was basically completely neutral in strokes gained total in 2020 and then he gained more than a stroke and a half per round this season um, that differential was the best on the PGA Tour. That improvement was the very best of any player who had positive strokes gain in 2021. Um, more than a full stroke better per round, strokes gain T to green. Everyone talked about how he jumped up to first on the PGA Tour in strokes gain putting, which is where he finished in that statistic. And you, like that was the narrative, right? All season long was, man, Louis finally putting great, and that's yeah. where the big difference is. In actuality, his leap in ball striking in terms of just the pure strokes gain total was even more significant from last season to this, then his strokes gained putting jump. So the rank was flashy, but in reality, his total game was much better, and his strokes gained Tina Green improvement was even more significant and more beneficial to him from a results standpoint this year than that improvement in putting, which I thought was really interesting because I felt like I heard Louie leads the PGA Tour in strokes gained putting. I thought I heard that <laughs> yeah. thousand times on broadcast this year, but when you dove into it, his ball striking improvement was actually more significant. It's very, Fantastic. very interesting. Counterintuitive to what we what we heard, for sure. Well, you'll get a lot of that on golf <laughs> broadcast, <laughs> where you'll hear you'll hear a lot of things, and then you know if you dive into the numbers, it's not necessarily you know dependent on the analyst that's saying it. It's not necessarily what they're saying is accurate. Well, I'll just say I'll that. say this: that <laughs> golf's a counterintuitive game through and through when you're playing it. Almost always, what you think you should do, you should do the opposite. So. Why not have a broadcast that does the same thing? Why not? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> who else uh, so unexpected an leaps? Yeah. Um, another guy who, you know, he kind of flashed a little bit late in the summer with some good finishes. Hank Lebiota improved his strokes gain number by like more than one and a quarter strokes per round in terms of strokes gain total. Um, he went from losing 0.62 per round to gaining almost 0.7 had a massive improvement in putting. He jumped by more than a full stroke per round in strokes game putting. It was the second biggest leap of any player on tour. Um, I don't, you know, Tina Green numbers are always more sustainable to me than putting numbers, but it sure. just spoke to, you know, something that he improved on dramatically. Um, and it was just one of the more impressive leaps statistically that anybody took all season. And then the last guy is kind of a, kind of a fantasy darling. I always see him on, you know, if you're one of the DFS junkies or, you know, you're somebody who who bets on golf a lot. Doug Gim is really popular all the time. He does everything pretty well. He jumped by more than a full stroke in terms of strokes gained total per round over the previous season. Um, the biggest jump for him was T to green, where he improved by more than a stroke per round. Um, he went from, and then in turn, he went from 150th in scoring average to 49th. So, so to jump 100 spots in scoring, and he's a guy who I could see him winning a couple times on the PGA Tour. You know, not necessarily a star, but he does everything he does everything pretty well. No real deficiencies in his game. Kind of like a little bit of like a diet Patrick Cantlay. That's it. You know, and I was just looking since we were talking about uh, the Burns discussion, I was looking at guys on birdie average and he was 25th in birdie average, which is like you look at the players around him and it's pretty much like all elite guys. And he's the first one that you hit that you're like, oh, Doug Gim. You know, maybe Charlie Hoffman is a surprise a little bit before him, but <laughs> Charlie had a pretty good year. I sneaky, sneaky good, good year. year. That's what I'm saying. Like, and I, I guess birdie average is really telling stat. I mean, yeah, you, you got to get you got to get under par. Now, now Gim kind of ties into 
um, what we were talking about earlier, where you know he's still a young player, hasn't been on tour very long, and maybe the, alleviating the big mistakes, if he can stay twenty around that range, twenty to thirtieth in birdie average, eliminate some of the bogeys or worse, you know maybe more reps, more experience, a little bit better execution. You can <coughs> see him, you know, make it to East Lake, you know, something that's like a, be a big goal for him. You know, I can de- definitely see that because he's a very balanced player, does everything pretty well. I think he's going to be a good pro for a pretty long time. Hey, one thing you mentioned with the Burns in the Burns discussion, which, you know, we kind of went in a bunch of different tangents was like you said you, you said he's a guy you could see winning major champ. You could see winning major championships. And like one thing I wonder about with your work, like we talk about it here and this is more sort of subjective is like majors are like different golf, right? We go from TPC Craig Ranch to wherever the U.S. Open or the Open Championship. And, you know, it's not always the case. It's a bet page or something like that. Um but like in terms of like the the data analysis, like are there major uh, and some of them don't even have data or haven't had data until recently or, or protected their data, I should say. You know, you, you not made it available. The data wall. Yeah. <laughs> are you feel confident like NTT? Was that your, <laughs> the data lake had a cap on it. You couldn't jump in. Um, but like, are are you feel confident in like making? predictions or pronouncements or analysis from the PGA tour schedule over to majors, which receive, you know, 85% of the the coverage and importance and, and legacy talk and all that stuff. Like what are those obstacles? And do you feel like you, that we're pretty much in a golden era of openness on that? Yeah, we've never had more information than we have now. I mean, like we've been able, my company's been able to track roughly track strokes gained at the masters the last several years um the open championship was frustrating this year i jokingly referred to the data wall i mean i had i had the same level of information that (laughs) you guys had that (laughs) my brother had watching it i didn't have any additional info so that was a little bit frustrating but um yeah no i mean strokes gain is available now it's been at the pga championship for a long time i think since 2012 um the u.s open my company helps provide uh, the strokes gain data for the u.s open now um so we've got you know we've got more access than we ever had before in terms of like making predictions in terms of where you know players might succeed i think that yeah no if you look at if you can get a big enough profile of a player where like like the the ball striking profile of sam burns fits somebody who's going to be able to succeed anywhere right so um you know he succeeded on some tough golf courses you know he should have won probably should have won riviera had that big lead through 36 holes and then you know, so windy and you know, Max Homa played great on Sunday. It was kind of, kind of a crazy day. But no, I think that overall, though, if you take if you can take enough of a, you know, a guy's been there contending a lot. Sure, that's that's important. But like from a statistical profile, like I said, ball striking numbers carry over a lot more than putting. And if they're consistently across the board, you know, executing with their irons, they're really good in proximity from a bunch of different buckets. Um, they're gaining strokes T to green. I think that's something that's that's pretty easy to translate in terms of success. And then, like, what we've learned about... Look, we always knew the Masters was a second-shot golf course, but it's overwhelmingly... It's, like, the most significant tournament all year in terms of how strokes gain approach correlates to success. Like, it's it's it really, really is a second-shot golf course. And so, like, for the Masters, I'm able to take, like, you've got to be an elite iron player... Or the one exception in recent years is Patrick Reed, who like chipped and putted out of his mind when he won. Um, his strokes gained around the green and putting was like five or six shots better than any other player I'd, in the field. I'd throw a Spieth, obviously an elite iron player, but he's also elite around the greens. I I think it's because of the, all the short grass and how difficult the pitch shots are. You know? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that too. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Always conversationally with Spieth, I think because we saw him make so many 15 to 30 foot putts when he was at his absolute peak so far in his career. Um, we always would think like, Oh, well, it's cause he's an elite putter. He's a great putter. Well, when he was player of the year a few years ago, I mean, he gained more strokes per round T to green than he did putting like, and he was the best iron player in the world at his absolute peak um, during that span, like 15, 16, 17. So um, yeah, it's, it's uh it's interesting. And so trying to loop back to the to what the answer i was trying to give was um it's it's something i think we're able to do better than we able ever have ever have had the capability to do before in terms of predicting how players will succeed um in certain major championships and overall in the majors based on their performance on tour. hey can i tell you about a beef i have 
Fire away. I hate strokes uh, gain T to green. I hate that stat. Uh, Around the green shouldn't be included in that. It should be broken out as like putting and around the green should be one and strokes uh, approach off the tee should be one. And that should just be standard because that tells you who the ball strikers are. Like Victor Hovland can lose three shots around the green if he has one of his episodes and uh, you know, that that doesn't and it and then it'll be like oh he's not high in strokes gained tee to green and it's he's not a great ball striker it's it's stupid they shouldn't be they they shouldn't be tied together like that in such a prominent stat yeah I I I think there's some value to it in pieces but yes I agree with your overall point um oftentimes like I'll split it up and I'll if I'm doing preview notes for for a show on the Action Network or or something like that. I'll I'll come up with strokes gain ball striking. Yes, which is just off the off the tee and approach. That's the so. way it should be. Where where does the green around the green start with that? Do was it start the, thirty yards? I've always wondered this. Yeah, I think it's thirty yards is the definition the PGA Tour uses. Um, it might be thirty to fifty is kind of a gray area, but um, I believe it's either. I don't think it's inside 50. I should know this off the top of my head. But, um, yeah, it's like around 30 yards is the difference. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Fantastic. Yeah, but overall, I agree with you. I you know, I try to split that up, too. Um, the recent work that um, you know my group's been doing with the LPGA, too, with their new advanced stats, um, I'm going to hopefully make that a, a prominent differentiation and work, work my best to do that in terms of, you know, where, like, for example, like Lydia Ko around the greens and putting is the best on the LPGA. I don't want that around the green to be tied into a ball striking stat and take away from what like So Yun Yu does. So that that's I just recently worked on that, so there's it's off the top sure. of my head. But yeah, no, I agree with you 100. percent Where um with the LPGA stuff, that that's going to transform the way we think about players on that tour, right? Yes, there's. A, I can't say a ton yet, but it's going to be public facing next year um, on the LPGA website. Um, the players are going to have uh, a really sophisticated, enhanced tool to you know be able to measure and track and and you know learn about their own games and and improve like what they do practice wise. But yes, I will say I can't say a ton, but I'll say yes, it will change the way you look at the players and the sport itself. Where do you think um, you you've talked a lot about how we have more information than we ever you know have at our fingertips and you especially since you have you know you're playing you're playing uh, we're playing the shadow leaderboard you're on the net leaderboard because you get more info than us but um, <laughs> where do you think are the next big evolutions in terms of stats are there going to be new stats that we don't even know of now just kind of like similar to baseball yes. where it, it evolved from certain stats to, you know, more and more advanced stats. And now we look back and look at some of the money ball stats and like cackle about how, Oh, on base percentage. What a, didn't what have a independent pitching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. So in golf, something I've been really excited about, um, the last couple of years with the evolution in, um, the PGA tours, tracking capabilities on the greens with their the cameras that they have um hopefully in the next couple of years we're gonna able we're gonna learn all right who's the best downhill putter who's the best uphill putter who's the best left to right putter right to left putter like i think that that's the next itineration in terms of you know we'll be able to learn like okay on right to left this putt breaks right to left you know i'm just making this up jordan spieth is first on the PGA tour and right to left putts when it's left to right, he's 110th or whatever, like something that gives you additional context in terms of, you know, make percentage because now look the, the make percentage by distance that you see on graphics on the screen, like it's an overall percentage and it's nice to have, it's just based on distance, but you know, obviously not all 12 foot, six foot, 30 foot putts are the same, right? Mm -hmm. You can be putting down a cliff or it could be dead straight. And that make percentage graphic, is the same. So and um, and it's like um, that, it's like a baseball player ahead. with like a hey he he bets three fifty against lefties, but he's one twenty against righties and a righties pitching. You know. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a it's going to be a really important additive thing to have. Now, 
it's also really difficult to capture and measure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's been a long process to try to get to that point, but that's something that I'm really interested in. Um, you know, I want to see a metric and we've kind of been working on it here um, that measures, you know, we always can conversationally talk about clutch performances, right? So, um, you know, in the NBA, they have great statistics that track like, all right, field goal, field goal percentage when it's, you know, last two minutes within six points or something like that. I would love to have, you know, clutch metrics for strokes gained tee to green at or within two shots of the lead on the back nine on Sunday. I would love to have situational statistics like that that can tell you, like, truly encapsulate, like, okay, this is why Kepka is so clutch in this situation or whatever. So we're not just relying on, you know, conversationally, like, he's a clutch player, you know, as Andy would say, pressure can handle the pressure so um that was my andy impersonating singer impression which was very poor but um yeah i would love to see that kind of evolution to see stuff like that quantified yeah i think that's such a important thing too when you get into like just understanding how to play a golf course because i stuff i think about all the time everybody says oh push it up at all costs get closer that's that's the you know if there's no imminent risk that's the way you have to play but is it if it's like what, you know, what's proximity if I'm 120 yards and I've got a seven degree slope that I'm dealing with because I have a, you know, I have a hanging lie because I pushed it to 120 is, is a 150 with a flat lie. Am I, am I actually at an advantage 150 with a flat lie versus 120 with a hanger? You know, like all this stuff is, yeah. is compelling and it will like, you know, in a way the professional stats should be able to help the regular golfer play better. Yeah. And I think that that would be an evolution in what we've seen so far already. Right. I mean, I think that, you know, I'm able to learn about my awful game and how to make it better by watching the pros and watching people who are better than me. I think that, you know, as we learn more and we're able to quantify more stuff, yeah, we're going to learn more about our own games, not just uh, what the professionals are best at. Hey, so um, we're wandering all over the place. Um, I like and I've kind of hijacked. Right. I've hijacked the interview from Brendan. Brendan's just silent uh, observer I'm right happy. here. I'm fine. I'm listening. Um, it's but great. <laughs> uh, I'm. I'm very. Uh, what about next year? I don't want to take up too much of your time here. But what about next year? Are there any players that you've highlighted that you see, you see as potential? Maybe not Sam Burns, but you know a big improver. Yeah, it's it's a good question. You know, it's always something that's kind of difficult to forecast. Um, uh, Mito Pereira is really interesting oh, to me. He's in good. His limited play on the PGA Tour. Um, he's been just so red hot. He's almost he almost kind of feels like the next this year's evolution of what Zalatoris was going into last season. Um, I don't know if he's that. Except elite he's a member. Striker. He's um, a member though. <laughs> Well, there you go. Um, but I, I, I'm really interested to see how he grows and um, how he can, you know, improve upon an already pretty impressive um, run on the PGA Tour so far. Um, he's a guy who's really interesting to me. Um, this is going to be a really easy answer because it's obvious because he's one of the best players in the world. I think Colin Morikawa is only going to get better. Um, one of the things I came up with, I wrote an article for PGATour.com this week um, talking about how great of a, you know, analyzing how good of an iron player he was. I didn't realize this until doing the legwork for it. He was first on the PGA Tour in proximity from 125 to 150, 150 to 175, and 175 to 200. Now, like I, proximity to the hole overall doesn't have a ton of value to me because of all the variance and different types of shots. But if you're able to be really good, that's like your pitching wedge to your what, eight, like six iron. That's and that's basically every approach shot on the PGA Tour. If Colin Morikawa just becomes an average putter, he's the number one player in the world for a very long time. Now, I know John Rahm's going to have something to say about that. JT, obviously, as well. Some other guys who are really, obviously, great players. But, I mean, if he's just... Look, he's finished, I think, I think the stat I came up with, he's ranked, he's finished a tournament sixth or better in strokes game putting, like, five times. Three of them are wins, and, like, the others are runner-up finishes. He just puts average. He is going to be a freight train and um he's just so immensely talented he's second all time in strokes gain approach per round for his career since they started tracking only he and tiger are in the tigers in his own solar system 
and then Colin's right beneath him. And then it's like an, an ocean until you get to anybody else. So um, I really can't, I hate to sound hyperbolic, but um, he's just unbelievably talented. And I think that, you know, I think the world of the guy, and if he just gets a little bit more consistent on the greens, he's going to be really difficult to stop. Best iron player since Tiger. You know, it's uh, and uh, the great thing about iron play, the great thing about iron play too is it's it's the a way more enduring skill than uh, than distance because there's always somebody younger, faster. You know, uh, you know, speed is a youth endeavor, but iron play is even the longevity. Long players who play well for a long time are usually elite iron players. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Morikawa was, the, I think, the shortest player off the tee on the U.S. Ryder Cup team. Um, you would never know it watching it because there's no deficiency or drop-off in his game, you know? I think that um, inherently when we see just, like, guys who have smaller builds, we think that they're, you know, there's going to be a driving distance weakness. Colin obviously isn't a, isn't a little guy, so. But, you know, statistically speaking, he was the shortest guy on the U.S. team, but he's so unbelievable with his approach play that there's, you can't even you don't even notice when you're watching golf. Hey, with uh with regards to improvement, since this is what this is all about, we're not gonna talk about regression, but um distance gains. Obviously this is uh Bryson playbook. The um then we had Cam Tringali, Cam Cam Triangle, the Triangle Man. Um he he had obviously well publicized distance gains uh Brian Gay. Yeah. Brian Gay. B G Boost Stopper. Yep. Sneaky distance gains, Stuart Sink. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That was that was a big, yeah, big one in the middle of summer there. Do you expect this to be a prevalent thing moving forward? Is this going to just be a narrative that we hear every year with guys getting faster in the off season, in the two week off season? <laughs> yeah, it's like what off season? I'd love to have an off season at some point. I think it's just New Year's Eve is off season. Um, uh, until something changes rules wise with the equipment, yes, it's just going to keep expanding and getting bigger and bigger. Um, you know, there's prospects and kids in college golf who are swinging at, you know, at speeds that are comparable to Bryson at this point. Um, yeah, it's going to keep expanding and it's going to keep becoming more and more of a factor um, until something changes with the overall approach to to the game. Now, I do this. I do think that. Like the success of somebody like Colin Morikawa, yeah. who does it in a different way, I think that that that's beneficial in terms of just you know I I don't mind having you know guys who hit it a long way. I just love one of the great things about golf. One of the things I love most is that there's so many different ways to be great. Right? You can be great in be a great approach player. You can be unbelievable around the greens. Like and ultimately, there's different ways to get to your score, your birdie, your par, your bogey, whatever. But to see all these different approaches is what really, you know, gives it value as a sport and makes it, makes it fun to watch to me, you know? So um, I think it's going to continue in the short term, at least um, I would love to see, you know, I don't want everyone to be just driving at 400 yards and have golf courses, 8,000 yards and longer and longer. I mean, obviously that's not sustainable and it, it just feels ridiculous, but um, in the short term. Yeah. I mean, look, it's the success has been there for a lot of players and, you know, it's going to continue to be a trend that, that at least in the short term, is going to continue to grow in the professional game. In that same vein, is there something that's more, uh, you know, more critical than it was f- five years ago? I, I, look, I think everybody would say distance was critical five years ago, but is it just continuing like to you know build on itself? Like, it, like you said with Morikawa, nothing is like essential. Like, so talk about rank and file. Say ten to hundred and twenty-five in the FedEx Cup. Like, it's even more critical this year to be long than it was last year. And it was critical then. Is there something that you're seeing kind of continue to build on itself? Is, is, it, all, is, it, is it just distance? Is it as simple as that? Um, you broke up a little bit there. I think I heard most of the question, though. Sorry. Um, it, for the rank and file guys, I mean, terrible. look, it all depends on, on course setup, right? And the context of your competition. So if you know, everybody is getting longer and you're getting left behind and ultimately you're leaving shots on the table. So, um, you know, you're, 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 you know, leaving a gap there for, to be passed up by, by other guys who are able to gain strokes in that way. Now, if you're able to compensate in other ways and, you know, you're an excellent short game player, excellent putter, whatever it might be, 
yeah, that's possible. But yeah, no, it's I think I think the driving distance has increased in importance over the last couple of years. I don't have the numbers right offhand. I hate when I don't have the the sure. hardcore. Yeah, uh, we put you on the concrete. spot. Sorry. That's okay, but I, I I do think yeah. I mean, just overall from a you know general perspective, yeah. If you're if everybody's getting longer and you're not, you're I mean you're leaving strokes behind and you're you know you're creating a gap there between yourself and the competition. Hey, here's a question: um, Is there a statistical like cliff with tour with the tour like in a whole? So we got say 225 members playing in a year. Is there a, a a number that generally from there down is like okay, these are guys that aren't playing at a level as the majority? Do you know that offhand? Yeah. Um, I'm gonna try to answer it here offhand. Um, off the top of my head, I would say there is. Like, look, if you look at just kind of the there's 200 guys statistically in any given PGA tour season that like officially qualify for the mm-hmm. stats. I think it's, I think the number is 50 rounds. If you play 50 rounds on the PGA tour, you qualify for greens and regulation, scoring average, all that stuff. So um, there is a discernible drop. It's often guys who are one have exemptions and are able to, you know, ride that and their week to week performance doesn't, you know, doesn't require, you know, really good play in order to keep their card and continue to play. So they've got an exemption from a win. Maybe they're older. Maybe they're fighting an injury, whatever it might be. But yeah, like last year, you get down to about, uh, I mean, if you're losing more than half a stroke to the field per round in strokes gain total, like that's, that's pretty deficient. That's pretty far down on the list. After like the bottom 20 to 25 guys, it, it's a tough scene. It's it's rough for your Martin trainers and your Grayson Murray's. Like, it's, it's you know... And those are guys who, like, they won, they got an exemption, they're on tour, but week in, week out, I mean, you know, making the cut is the goal. And statistically, you know, they're huge outliers in terms of the difference in their... What they're putting together week in, week out compared to the guys who are even in the middle of the middle rungs of the PGA Tour. I'm wondering if eventually that is should be... Uh, that's how the who keeps their card should be determined is like, there's a statistical mark where you're clearly not at the level of keeping your job as opposed to this arbitrary 125 number that we reach every year. And then like, you know, we have these guys on the corn Ferry tour that come up now and are just, just gangbusters right off the bat. Like, I, I mean, you go back to Sung JM, Scotty Scheffler, like Zalatoris, like it is just, Mito Pereira most recently it's just very clear that the best players in the world are like stranded on the corn Ferry tour for a year too long in a lot of cases right and like look I have nothing personal against a guy like Jimmy Walker but at this point in his career he's got his last 18 months have been nowhere close to somebody who could be competing week in week out on the PGA tour so I'm just picking on him as a name I'm looking at on this Excel sheet, but it's, it's um, like the Cubs tried. Yeah, no, I think there, for a hat, three quarters of a year. It was a disaster. He was like statistically the worst pitcher yeah. in baseball, and eventually they cut him. Why does Matt Harvey keep getting starts? Various places all over the all over the map. Yeah, no, I I, I think that's going to be a tough one to get past the player contingency, <laughs> especially in a player run organization like the PGA Tour. Um, but from like if if I'm czar of the sport, then yeah, I'm probably tying something into that where you're like, okay, if you're if you're losing more than a full stroke per round to the field in strokes gain total, then you can't move on. Because that's like the bottom ten guys, you know, and it's it's almost exclusively guys who like Brian Gay's on that list. And when he won last fall, it was a fun story, you know, it was kind of an out of the out of the blue type thing, but None of us thought, okay, this is a relaunching for this man's career. Like it was really hey. a one-off thing. It's going to keep him in all these tournaments and in the picture for a while. And yeah, would the would the overall product be better if one of these really great Corn Ferry Tour players who's kind of stuck in purgatory, if they were able to take the spot? Yeah, no, it would make it a, a stronger field, a deeper field. But I don't know how you're going to get that past that kind of you know regulation past uh, a player run organization. Well, I mean, right. that's like how every other sport kind of operates in general. Like if you can't, if you can't hack it in the NBA, 
Like once Andy. you're, you know, you, I don't know. The NFL is like a perfect example. They their contracts. I was gonna say the NBA. Yeah. Like yeah, the, you hang Udonis on. Udonis Haslam and Jared Dudley might be your two exceptions, <laughs> but I mean. <laughs> Yeah, for the most part, yeah. Like, if you can't play in the NFL, you just get cut. The contract doesn't mean anything, and it's you're gone, <laughs> and they're bringing somebody in that's, yeah. like, a better player, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, it's, it's well, look at look at the leadership structure and the power structure there, right? I mean, you know, the players have almost no power in the NFL. You know, for, from a contract perspective, you say, like, the contracts are basically, if they cut you, they cut you, you know, whereas the PGA Tour, it's the polar opposite like they're the players are the ones with the power all right justin we we booked an hour we're pushing up against it i've noticed my wi-fi is terrible we've taken we put you on the spot with stats like this has not been the most hospitable environment we apologize but you've been fantastic yes we wish i don't know if i wish your astros well i don't know if i go that far based on that like i'm indebted to you in that much but like I, I, and the Red Sox aren't exactly a, a, an empathetic opponent in, in any way either. But uh, we hope you you do well. We hope you are satisfied and not too yeah. stressed watching well, your Astros. Thank you. I hope you're I happy. Appreciate. I'm not hoping that the like I you know whether whatever happens in the I just hope you're happy. I thank you. I fully understand those sentiments. I appreciate the 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 relative warmth that they have. Yes, I. I but I'm I'm with you and. Love joining you guys. I will say that Sean Martin, friend of ours and noted Dodgers fan, he and I have agreed if it's Dodgers Astros, we're going to a game in Houston. So, oh, that would be um, amazing. That, that would be a fun. That would be a fun social moment. I, he can break away from. We can break away from family life for a night and uh, and go to a game. I don't want to say. Awesome. I don't want to say this, but as a general fan, that would be a really unlikable series. Uh, I'm fine. Look, there's nothing anyone can say to me that I haven't heard or read yet over the last <laughs> 18 months. The J-Ray this... and Smartin content would be likable, though. That would be a good... I, I would enjoy that. You'd have to do some content. You'd have to become influencers for a day if you guys went to a World Series yeah. game together. So, All right. We follow you at Justin Ray Golf on Twitter. We read you everywhere. That matters. You know, PGAtour.com, The Athletic. Uh, Justin, thank you so much for the time. Thank you for joining us. Guys, thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it.